weekly jobless claims, miss expectations, CRM and Slack acquisition rumors, and of course, is DraftKings a buy? This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. The market is, well, mixed today. Dow Jones down 151 points, NASDAQ up 47 points, and the S&P 500 down 6 points. All the while, the VIX still pressing lower, now at 2140. Well, it is a mixed day after the Dow hitting 30,000 yesterday, a new all-time high for the index. And the overall markets continue to be mainly bullish now, which is very positive. Yet COVID-19 numbers are continuing to rise across the country at a very rapid rate. And some experts think we're not even at the worst of the increase. Taking a look at the COVID-19 numbers, just to update all of you, the seven-day average for infections has now hit 174,225 as of yesterday, according to CNBC, with the total cases now reaching 12.61 million and unfortunately, deaths hitting 260,000 um, just yesterday. This is very unfortunate news. Prayers out to all the families once again. But we are going to get back in the stocks. And something that COVID-19 is now causing is jobless claims. Um, well, they're completely changing direction, unfortunately. Weekly jobless claims missed again. Um, I believe this is the second time they've missed. You can correct me on that if I am wrong. But they missed big time once again. They came in at 778,000 um, jobless claims compared to 733,000 claims that was to be expected. Now, this is unfortunate, um, but the overall trend, it is important to know, is still positive. Those jobs claims continue to point downwards, um, even though this was a miss. So overall, you know, yes, it is a miss and it's really not great. In fact, it could be showing signs that um, COVID-19 could be flipping the country back into recession if that occurs this winter. But I really don't believe that's going to happen. I believe the country is going to power through this huge wave of COVID-19 um, and these jobless claim numbers where you're seeing a spike in because of COVID-19. And that's really what I see at the current moment and not much more. Overall, the trend on jobless claims is still on the positive side of things. They continue to drop. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where that number goes but it is an important factor to take into consideration today we're seeing an unwind of this rotation that took the dow i believe to thirty thousand yesterday and this was the reopening plays um really getting a lot of love the past few weeks and now it seems today we're seeing a bit of an unwind we're seeing a lot of those reopening plays fall back cut back and at the same time we are seeing tech names um get bought up these stay-at-home names get bought up and i believe it's because partially because those those uh reopening plays have gotten a bit overextended just in the past few weeks i think there's still a lot of life left in them and i believe you still want to have some holdings in them but just a tad bit overextended a little hot the past few weeks and it needed a day or two to cool down and i believe that's what we're getting here um all the while we have a lot of great tech names increasing but we have to talk about a headline that literally just came out a few minutes ago not too long ago on Salesforce. And 
according to w, WSJ um, in their reporting and their sources, Salesforce and Slack held talks not too long ago um, about a possible Slack acquisition. Salesforce um, basically acquiring Slack in an all-stock deal from the sounds of it. Now, taking a look at it, this would be um, this would be great for Salesforce, and the stock is down on this news. Um, you know, on the reaction, it fell back, I believe, 10, 11 points. Um, now it's not too bad. Um, yeah, it, it, it's well, it's back down. Nine, it's down nine points again. So, you know, not great. Um, I really don't understand why this stock is down on this news. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, everything I've heard about this possible acquisition is positive. In fact, um, according to Josh Brown from Rutherwitz Cat Wealth Management, um, he is the CEO. He's typically on CNBC. Um, he has quite a bit of great calls. And if you watch him, you know, he, and follow him, he, he consistently, uh, hits the nail on the head. He called this today, earlier today on, uh, CNBC, this deal, a home run. And he said it is a no brainer for Salesforce. And I completely agree. And most analysts are saying the same thing. Um, this would not only put, Salesforce on a higher pedestal when it comes to their offerings to the customers, but it would also um, put them in a more direct line of competition with Microsoft, which is excellent. Um, Microsoft Teams to be more specific. So I do believe that this acquisition is excellent. And I think you buy Salesforce here down nine. I think it's a winner and I think it continues to win. Um, not only that, but earnings are coming up on December 4th, and that's why I'm in it. I added to the position of the day down nine because I believe the stock is going to firmly rebound. I think that Salesforce is going to beat on December 1st. Um, I think they uh, continually beat pretty much all the time. I can't, you know, there's been a rare few occasions where they have not beat. Um, last quarter was excellent, and I believe this quarter is going to be just as excellent. Now, shifting in to some of the breakdowns over the past few days, and one stock that I was overly impressed with when writing this breakdown was DraftKings. And we have to talk about DraftKings because a few months ago, I said, don't buy it. I said, it's too risky. And I'll admit it, at that point on that call, I was wrong. I was wrong. In hindsight, I was wrong. And here is why. And I'm going to tell you right now why I think it's a buy and why I bought some and why the stock's up today. So, I bought some right after I wrote this breakdown because I was so impressed with DraftKings. And, you know, I just I have to talk about it. It's kind of hard not to talk about it. Um, and, you know, you're going to get some excellent information out of it. So taking a look at DraftKings, taking a look at the stock, it's up 6% today. 6%. And it should be. And honestly... There's not much bad about this. So as we all know, DraftKings is a major digital gaming and sports entertainment company, um, and they boast basically an expansive platform that provides customers with fantasy sports betting opportunities and um, much more than that. But that's mainly their thing is fantasy sports betting. Well, this this mobile digital fantasy sports betting betting gambling um, continues to be legalized across the country. In fact, according to Barron's, roughly 75% of the United States has legalized, is legalizing, or has introduced legislation to legalize sports betting and online gambling, which is excellent news for DraftKings. Not only that, but the market space, the market room to grow, given that fact right there, is expansive, and there's not many competitors in the space. Taking a look, according to a Piper Sandler no 
a Piper Sandler note um, just from a few weeks ago. The sports betting and online gaming business, um, in their view, is expected to hit a $40 billion market value. And honestly, that leaves plenty of room for DraftKings to grow. And what I like most about DraftKings is they're capitalizing on the opportunity. Um, not only are they capitalizing for the future, but they've already capitalized on a lot of a lot of this growth. I'm taking a look. Draft DraftKings, um, they offer more mobile sports betting in 10 states already. And that is the most of anyone in this industry, in the online, digital, gambling, sports betting, fantasy sports industry. They are the leader in these mobile offerings. Not only that, but, you know, they reported last quarter, Q3, um, and yes, EPS did miss, and a lot of people didn't like that. But under the hood, they saw a lot of very strong growth in revenues, in users, in um Gap in expenses, sales, um, they just saw a lot of growth under the hood, and we're going to dig into that right now. So DraftKings reported um, an EPS of negative 98 cents. That's missed the analyst expectation of negative 61 cents. So not the best. That was really the only negative I pulled out of this whole report. Besides that, um, it was mainly positive because if you dig into the earnings, this is what I saw. DraftKings reported solid revenues of $133 million for Q3. That represents 98% growth year over year from the 2019 same level. In 2019, that revenue, Q3 revenues, was $67 million. It's now $133 million. That's up 90, 98%, as I just noted. Excellent. Um, management also reiterated positivity, noting monthly unique players, MUPs as they call them, um, for the B to C, for the B two C segment saw a sixty four percent year over year increase throughout the third quarter. Another excellent um, statistic. Now shifting into more excellence, and really. Here was a second negative just before I get to the rest of the positivity on this stock because, you know, we have to bring up the negative. So I brought up the negative EPS. Not happy about that. Also, um, on the downside, GAAP sales and marketing expenses did increase significantly in the third quarter to $203 million, which is a downside. Um, but at the same time, look at the growth they saw, and I think it was well worth it. Now, taking a look, um, when it comes to guidance, they actually raised guidance. Management raised guidance for next year. And the most impressive thing about these earnings, before I dig into the specifics of the guidance, is you know the fact that they are raising guidance and they beat they beat revenue expectations in a year that has been filled with sports issues because really if you think about it uh DraftKings is very much affected by COVID-19 because if there's no sports to bet on then the company's out of business and throughout COVID-19 we saw a lot of sports cancellations a lot of sports pushbacks a lot of rescheduling and DraftKings has done an excellent job of navigating those headwinds and now you know, they're seeing growth and they managed to grow throughout COVID-19 and really what would be, I would think, a scheduling and really business nightmare for DraftKings. So digging into it, I was impressed with that. And now that COVID-19 is going away, they're bullish on FY 2021. And by going away, I mean, you know, there's an end date to it, given that we have a vaccine, not that it's going away now by no means, but it will eventually be gone. And that is why they're bullish on 2021. And 
the guidance was strong. Um, taking a look at the 2020 full year guidance before we get into 2021, they now expect revenues within the range of 540 million to 560 million. That's what they raised, um, and that represents 25 to 30 percent growth in 2020. In 2020, and as we just noted, they had all these COVID 19 COVID 19 headwinds. So I really did like that. That made me very bullish on the company because I think it shows the strength of management and the company as a whole. Now, digging into 2021, the guidance was also excellent. DraftKings management now expects revenues for full year 2021 to be within a range of 750 million to 850 million, significantly above 2020. And, you know, that represents roughly 45% growth year over year. That 45% growth for 2021 is 15% percent greater on the top end than 2020 that is impressive just impressive now digging into the balance sheet and the balance sheet was also very impressive taking a look at this the company has no debt on the balance sheet excellent not only that but total liabilities came in at 325 million um so you know you think at first that that's terrible until i look you know for a smaller company, but it's just the opposite. You know, they have no debt. Their liabilities are actually relatively low compared to their total assets and their cash and short-term investments. Because then I got to their total assets, which is 2.516 billion, and their total in their cash and short-term investments was 1.376 billion. So, really, what we see here is a huge outweigh of assets and cash compared to debt and liabilities. So the balance sheet was very impressive to me, and I was happy to see it. Now. Given all of those numbers, the analysts are even more bullish, probably more bullish than me. Um, and taking a look, already the mean price target on this stock is $61 per share. And that was, as of a few days ago, a 27% gain on the stock. Um, it's now to 50 bucks a share. So I honestly, this stock could probably go much higher than that. I'm surprised to see the strength we're seeing already. I didn't expect strength this quickly. Now, taking a look, um, it is also important to note the high and the low price targets. The high price target is $100 per share, and the low price target is $39 per share. I completely disagree with that low price target because I'm a bull on this stock, but you know you always have to take into consideration the low price target. But the high price target, I did not expect 100 You know, Maybe 70 but 100 bucks a share, that is very bullish. And as of a few days ago, that was a 108.20% gain if it hit that $100 price target. So I am very impressed with the um, risk look to the stock. There's not much risk compared to downside when it comes to taking it from an analyst consensus point of view. Now, digging into the big money, and the big money unfortunately wasn't as involved as I like them to be, but that's not a deal breaker for me. Um, and here's why. Because while institutional investment is important when creating an overall thesis, it shouldn't be what you make a decision on. Um, it's always great to have more institutional uh, holdings in a stock, more institutional participation, but it is not a deal breaker if the participation is low, as long as it is a solid, fundamental, fundamentally uh, sound company in DraftKings definitely represents that. So taking a look at the institutional ownership in DraftKings, 44.89% of the company is institutionally owned. And of course, your top holders are the usual, the Vanguard Group, T-Rip Associates, and surprisingly, the Walt Disney Company, which I found very intriguing and somewhat bullish. Um, Walt Disney is a huge company, and I found it very compelling that Walt Disney has some ownership. In fact, they're, from what I could tell, um, in the top five holders of the stock. So I was very happy to see that. Now, 
on a technical basis. I'm not going to go through those as of right now, but it has been consolidating um, into the, you know, by that, I'm not going to go into the specific RSI, CCI, um, and MACD, but taking a look at it, the stock is now breaking out of what looked like to be a resistance, um, a short-term resistance it had. It's high as 63 bucks a share. I think it could test that. Um, in my, in, you know, in my personal opinion, in the near term, in the long term, I think it's an excellent hold and I think you buy some of it. Um, at the end of the day, it is breaking out today. It's up 6% today. I'm very surprised with the price action and happy with it, but I do think it's, uh, still a buy. I still think it's a buy at 50 bucks a share. I do not think it's overpriced here. Um, and I think it continues to move higher as we come out of COVID-19 in the long term. Now, finally. We have to shift into another name. So we went over DraftKings. I really do like DraftKings, and I think it's a buy. And we are going to now shift into another breakdown stock that the breakdown actually just came out today. And you can find all of these breakdowns on runningwiththemoney.com. I just want to remind all of you of that. Um, runningwiththemoney.com. We have all the breakdowns on there of individual stocks, nearly one every single day. In fact, um, if I take a look at my schedule, I have a lot of names that I think you guys will be interested in. I got LMT, Ford, Sonos, Capri Holdings, um, General Electric, Plug Power, all coming up within the next few days um, for the breakdown. So be on the lookout on runningwiththemoney.com and also my Twitter where I post every single breakdown or sign up for the email list and we'll email you the breakdown directly to you. So um, moving away from that, let's get into Alibaba, a name that me and the team just broke down today. And, you know, I like Alibaba long. I really do. And here's why. Because I see a lot of growth in Alibaba over the next few years. Now, yes, they are competing with Amazon and there are some competitors coming up on them. For instance, uh, JD.com. But that's not a deal breaker for me. I think you can nibble on some Alibaba here, especially after its most recent pullback. It pulled back from 317 um, a few weeks back, um, and now it's it's coming back. It's bouncing off a bottom here, and it seems to be forming a solid rebound, um, and it should continue the move to the upside, in my opinion. It is down a percent today. I think you buy it here. I think you nibble at it. Um, I'm not saying go all in. Always scale into your positions, but if you like if you want to get in to the e-commerce um, boom here, I think Alibaba is a great play amazon is as well and jd.com is as well so really this is this is um i would say one of i would say 10 great e-commerce names and maybe i'll drop all the e-commerce names i really like but alibaba is just it's like the amazon of china if you really want to put it um in more simple terms so i do like the fact that um alibaba is very much reflective of a company that is successful in the United States. And if you want exposure to the Chinese markets, I think that this company being a Chinese company is an excellent buy here. Um, so digging into the fundamentals of this company, their market cap is $757.5 billion. Um, it's almost a trillion dollar mar uh, market cap. So I'm impressed with that, um, but it's not quite there. So I'm going to break this stock price down. I'm going to go through this a little more briefly than I did DraftKings. So digging into it, um, and I'm going to use Trefus Research here. And by the way, Trefus, you can follow them on Twitter at Trefus. They are a great resource um, to get stock information. They break stocks down um, by the price, and they base each part of the stock on the segment of the company, which is very impressive. And that's what I'm going to go through here. 
um, right off the bat. So it's easy to tell where the majority of, I would say, Alibaba's business comes from, and that is the China, China retail segment. And 66.65% of the stock is based on their China retail segment. Um, shifting further into it, 9.63% of the stock price is based on their China wholesale and others segment. 6.1% is based on their cloud computing segment. 3.9% is based on their international commerce segment. 2.0% is based on their digital media segment and innovation initiatives. Um, and then finally, 11.7% is based on cash and net of debt. So excellent um, little stock breakdown there. Great analysis. Very easy to understand. And I find it intriguing. So I figured I would share it with you. Now, shifting into the most recent earnings and Alibaba once again reported a solid beat on the top and bottom lines. Now, I found this um, very impressive once again. They beat big time on EPS coming in at a CNY of 17.97. That's simply uh, a foreign currency used in, that's China's foreign currency. I believe it's called the yen. I'm not completely sure, but that is a foreign currency. So when I refer to their currency, um, it's going to be CNY. Uh, so their EPS was CNY 17.97 versus the analyst consensus of CNY 14.08. Um, so that was an impressive beat for me on EPS. And that, I believe, was a consecutive beat. So they can they have a pattern of beating expectations. Um, and they continue to see growth across the board. Um, in the most recent earnings report, Q2 2021, uh, they also saw solid revenue growth. Revenues came in at $22.838 billion, um, that's USD, representing a 30% year-over-year jump. Very happy with that. And they also saw a big jump in the uh, total consumers um, that are on their platform. So taking a look at it, they also reported annual active consumers came in at $757 million total. And that represents a 15 million consumer jump um, from the last reported 12 months period that ended in June 30th, 2020. So they're seeing a big jump in consumers by 15 million. So I really did like that. Um, they also reported um, a solid EBDA, a non-GAAP EBDA of $7 billion. That's up 28% year over year. Um, so all, all across the board, mainly positive. The only downside I noticed was that operating income did decline by 33% this quarter, the $2.008 billion. Um, and you know, it, that was negative, but they did note why, which made me more, a little more confident on that downside. Um, they did note that it was due to, uh, an increase in share-based compensation expenses with some, with the ant group. Um, over there. So, you know, there were some, I, I read into it, but it's, it's quite, uh, it was quite complicating to me. So I'm just going to leave it at that. They did have a reason and they noted that it was only going to be somewhat from what I could tell, um, a short-term thing. It by no means was a permanent issue, um, when it came to operating income. So that didn't bother me much. Um, now digging into the balance sheet, finally getting to it, uh, their total debt, and their total liabilities were far outweighed. Their total assets coming in at CNY, 1.433626 trillion. Trillion. They have over a trillion uh, CNY in assets. That's incredible. And then their cash and short-term investments also came in well above their total debt and liabilities. But the most important thing to me was that the analysts um, are very bullish, and that's not the most important thing. The most important thing was the valuation. The valuation was simply solid. Um, when it comes to price to earnings, that's 26.07 times, price to sales of 8.43 times, price to book of 5.68 times, and a price to cash flow of 21.08 times. Um, if I went through that fast, just because I did, because, you know, it's, it's about to be Thanksgiving. we got to get you guys out of here. Uh, 
time is money. So I'm, I typically try to make these quick, but taking a look at the price to earnings and the price to sales and the price to book and the price to cash flow, they were all relatively low compared to say an Amazon or a JD.com or anyone else, uh, Shopify, um, in this e-commerce space. So they were relatively low compared to competitors. And I did indeed like that. So overall, I do like Alibaba long. You can catch this full breakdown at runningwiththemoney.com as well as all our top picks, my commentary, and the typical news and analysis. So that is the show today, getting you in on two great names, uh, DraftKings and Alibaba, as well as some top headlines of the day. Buy Salesforce if it's still down by the time this episode comes out, and I believe it will be. Uh, yes, indeed, it will be. It's down 11 points right now. Absolutely ridiculous. Buy it. So thank you all for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Luke Donay, um, or follow me and my team on Facebook and Instagram at Running With The Money. Thank you all for listening. Eat, sleep, profit, trade on, and have a great Thanksgiving. See you Friday. <laughs>